welcome aboard KVMR FM in Nevada City. Between Gears is coming your way with Haphazard, Michael Keene, and our guest star, Madison, is in today, too, to talk about biking. All of us are here together because we love bikes. We love bicycling. We love everything about it. And it's an opportunity for the community to take part in the uh, the bike reality that goes on uh, here in Nevada County. And, and I... The deeper I get into it, the more people I see are out there on bikes. So it's pretty amazing. Pedal on. Well, we're here. It's between gears time, and I'd like to acknowledge our uh, folks who are supporting us in a business-type way. Mike Bratton, State Farm Insurance Agency, providing over 38 years of experience with home, auto, life, and business insurance products and financial services. The Mike Bratton team are proud supporters of the Nevada County community, MikeBrattonAgency.com. Thanks to Briar Patch Food Co-op featuring certified organically grown fruits and veggies delivered fresh from the farm this holiday season, offering curbside pickup in Grass Valley and Auburn, BriarPatch.coop. And I would like to thank You Bet Bicycles right here in Nevada City. Uh, their card didn't actually show up on our show today because with this new time slot that we're going through now that we've arrived at monday i'm sure that their card will end up soon but they're a regular uh underwriter for this uh, time slot uh you bet bicycles uh, sales and service of mountain bikes and some selected e-bikes i understand and uh, they're located on cyril's avenue in nevada city and you can call them any old time at 530-264-7447 and madison you know about You Bet Bikes, don't you? <laughs> yes, you do. I certainly do. I started working there in January of 2023. All right. Almost a year now. Madison, it's so nice to have you here. I'm, I'm happy that you were able to come and be with us today because it's, uh, as, as Hap says, it becomes bro-fest in here when we start talking about bicycles. We're both avid riders and just love the whole idea of getting out on two wheels instead of four and saving gasoline and going different places. Your perspective is, as a mechanic, you work for You Bet Bikes. What kind of repairs do you see coming in from people that that spend a lot of time out there riding in the woods and um, I see a lot of flat tires. There's a lot of flat tires that come in, which I often end up fixing. Um, we see a lot of problems with like bike shifting, whether that be a mountain bike or a drop bar gravel bike or road bike. Um, and that usually stems from a bent railer hanger or just shifting being off. Yeah. So that's, that's like a super common one is problems with shifting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about those little branches that that fly up in my back wheel and then I've got the the hangers bent like this mm-hmm. then I come into with my pathetic look on my face and say I can't shift in low gears right now mm-hmm. yeah Let me help you out yeah exactly right yes yeah well uh, uh, yeah Michael oh I was just gonna say another topic that we were hoping we could talk about a little bit is is what you would recommend for somebody that would wants to go a little further off the grid and ride their bicycles, what kind of spares should they think about carrying and Mm. what sort of things should they do to proactively protect their bike from, say, flat tires or whatever? Sure. Uh, A couple things to think about. 
whether your tires are set up tubeless or not. Um, if you have a tubeless tire, it's good to carry any kind of tubeless tire plug. So if you get a puncture in your tire, you can plug it easily. And then um, carrying a CO2 or a small pump to uh, bring the air back in. But if you're not running a tubeless tire, carrying tubes with you is really handy. Um, I like to carry anything I'll have in my bag is a, um, a multi-tool. Um, a tire lever, that's super handy. What else do I carry? <laughs> you carry the goop? I slide. I will um, slide. carry tire sealant, yeah, because yeah. my tires yeah. are set up tubeless. Um, and then I'll often carry like a, a master link if I break a chain, something like that. That's super small and easy to have on hand in my tool bag. Yeah. Yeah, also I was given a, a stem because sometimes the stem in the, in the, that feeds the air into the tire, if it gets, I don't know, abrased or something, it won't hold anymore. Oh, It'll the valve flying. core. Valve core. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Boy, Michael, we, we, made, we made a good move. So <laughs> she even knows the names of things. <laughs> and they're often removable now, especially uh, with, like, the more common pressed valves. Yeah. You can take the valve core in and out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And those are common to get bent and broken and clogged or something like that. So that's a good thing to have on hand, too. So I'm pretending, because I just recently, in the last three or four days, went on this crazy ride and I'm pretending that the three of us love bikes. We all have different kinds of bikes, and we've gathered together here to do this bike show, but we don't really know the details of each other, how we ride, what we ride, and where we ride. But I like that because it's very spontaneous. The last mm-hmm. ride I went on, I told my buddy, hey, you know, I haven't been riding much, so I'm not sure how far we ought to go today. And that turned out to be five guys, and I don't know how it happened, but... There's a thing about following me, uh, and that means you're going to have to go where I go. We were out there. We went up to uh, Washington Ridge and down the other side and up the crossing and back down and all around. It was just crazy. I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop. You know, it was so much fun, those spontaneous things. And when you ride with other people, you the setting, riding with bikes, you're already active and very energetic, and there's a bond that gets created that's pretty amazing. Okay. (laughs) Madison, tell us a little bit about when you first started riding and your evolution from getting your first bike to working at You Bet Bicycles. That's a fascinating story, I'm sure. I think I started riding bikes consistently about five years ago. And I bought from my uncle, I bought a fully rigid 26-inch mountain bike um, and because I, I wanted to start riding. And I didn't have any friends that rode bikes. Um, I was a trail runner, and I was just really interested in it. And I took it up the 20 on Pioneer, and I really hated it, and I wasn't into it. And then somehow I ended up on a 26-inch hardtail GT, like, months later, and something about me wanted to keep riding. I went, my first like mountain bike ride was 12 miles long and I was so overstimulated by the end of it. <laughs> I was laying on the ground taking deep breaths, you know, and, but I kept riding, kept riding. And what, I think I signed up for a triathlon. So I ended up buying a very light road bike. 
um, and was riding that quite a bit. Shortly after that triathlon, I ended up sticking with it and continuing to make friends, and I bought a full suspension mountain bike, which um, that was about four years ago, and I put a ton of miles on it. <laughs> so much fun. Was able to ride kind of all over California, um, make good connections with friends, lots of good community, kind of kept riding through that. A couple years later, I ended up on a gravel bike, which are pretty common, very popular right now, a, cr a cross bike um, that you can kind of take them anywhere. And that's probably the bike that I've ridden the most, I've spent the most time on with myself and with friends, um, meeting new people, um, some races. That's that's a bike that I've been able to race a couple of times. Um, well, you were you were really excited about a new bike that you had just ordered the other day. You know? Yeah, so I'm that curious about that. That's that's right. So I was able to sell that first full <laughs> suspension mountain bike I got, and um, through you bet, I was able to one of the uh, bike companies that we carry is Rocky Mountain, and um, I was able to get on a new full suspension mountain bike, which I'm so excited about. It was, it's, I've taken it out once now and it's a lot of fun. It has bigger wheels. Um, so it kind of rolls up and over things. Well, it descends really well. And, uh, a good friend of mine also just got on the same full suspension. So I can't wait to go ride with her. All right. Nice. Yeah. 29er. It's a 29er. Yeah. yeah. Difference mm -hmm. there. Nice. You yeah, can yeah. roll over things. Anything. Also climbing. I found uh, for for how much you put into the pedal, you go further on a 29er. I know it's a math problem, but it works mm -hmm. <laughs> for that. Is that the kind of bike that you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 29er. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. Wow. So we want to hear from <laughs> people. Why don't you read that story? We can take a break. I'd, I'd like a drink of water and, and maybe we can regroup here a little bit. I know that you have uh, penned a lot of essays that you submitted to Bicycle Magazine years ago and I have a number of items that I want to cover about uh, websites and, and things for people that are interested in finding out more about e-bikes and we'll get more from Madison as well. Okay, so this might get you right in the mood for the real thing. This is when I lived out at Round Mountain area, on the side of Round Mountain, literally. And uh, I was riding for Norba, which is National Off-Road Bike Association back in the day. They were the ones that set up all the racing across the country and things like that. Um, so here we go. I sit amidst the clutter of the crow's nest, the small room uppermost in the structure of this abode. Outside, a very cold and wet storm blows its way across my windows, tilting the naked oaks back and forth in a crazed dance backed by silent rhythms. It is predicted to be the same for at least two more days. What resolve do I muster now? How about a story about a muddy ride in between rainfalls? Last week, surrounded by pre-holiday cultural madness, local mountain bike race promoter Bob, Bob Dickinson contacted me about getting together for a ride on Sunday morning, the first I'd heard from him in a couple of months. With a few phone calls and mild macho posturing, by Sunday morning we had assembled 12 intrepid souls to go on Hap's multi-orgasmic backyard ride. In case you just tuned in, one has to cover three miles of rough road just to get here. I had agreed to meet the group at the nearest pavement, and as I headed up the hill on the first leg of the journey, I spontaneously veered off the road just like a fighting blue angel in the movies after he spots a bogey at 3 o'clock and stirred neighbor Dave for the ride. 
standing in his underwear, rocking his newborn as I blurted an invitation to the ride. I knew in the spirit of the illustrious Minutemen and Paul Revere, Dave would be ready and raring to go as soon as we returned. And he was. As a group of mountain bikers cruised in, we agreed to wait the standard three minutes for any potential stragglers before heading out. I casually mentioned that we could run into some mud. This caused a stir with one rider who was breaking in his brand new bright yellow Nishiki. <laughs> I suggested carrying it over the muddy spots, but there wouldn't be much riding left. Anyway, I turned around and we headed up the hill. Not being in the greatest shape, I was sure my loud breathing was dominating everyone's hearing, but later consensus revealed that everyone was embroiled in their very own heavy breathing. When we reached Dave, I decided to head downhill to retrieve my camera, then back up to the group. I soon had puppy dog syndrome, whereby I was pooped from running all these little tangents from the main trip. In another mile, we faced the final climb before the roller coaster descent. It was also at this point that we really began our off-road portion of the ride. Given the late December date, the steep hill was composed of partially frozen, mostly defrosted mud. The knobs on my tires were perfect for collecting the goop as my tire went around until I was literally riding a mud slick for a tire, coagulating mud on my chain stays, seat stays, and brakes. For me, the traction became nil, and gravity forced me to then collect the goop on my shoe bottoms to finish the hill climb. Some made it to the top without dismounting. This is what mountain biking is all about. Besides, anyone with any experience at all knows the best way to unclog muddy tires is to spin them rapidly on a steep descent. And that's exactly what we did. Besides trying to maintain balance descending on platform knobbies, it was fascinating to watch mud globs fly off the tires out front and then literally run into them face first as I sped along. Eye protection is strongly recommended in any situation where road debris is a possible is a possibility. Soon we were wet, sometimes frosty leaves, winding through a heavenly area encased by overhanging trees. Once we had abandoned the mud on ourselves and our friends, we went faster, tenuously on the oak leaf surface. The camaraderie of riding in a group tends to throw caution to the winds, whereas the individual rational mind takes some time to evaluate rationale. Forget it, dude. A few miniature golf-like twists, board crossings, turns, and 89 and a half degree descents and a log carryover and we were at the trailhead of a four mile single track descent to the Yuba River. The single track falls steeply away on one side to the river canyon so there's not even time to check speedometer readings. The group descended according to ability so I should have been somewhere back of the middle. I did offer Tubby to go ahead of me but I think she wanted to gauge her braking by my screaming. I pretended it was my brake squealing. Once reaching the low point of the descent, there were four more miles of single track running above the river. Fallen branches and rocks provided unexpected obstacles along the way with little room to spare. It was along here that I once again appreciated the low impact that mountain bikes provide to old terra firma. I was following five or six riders and we had a difficult time finding their tracks even on this rain-soaked trail. Given that I was keeping a keen eye on the trail for my own survival, it was honestly hard to believe that there were several riders ahead of me. It must be mountain bikers' obnoxious personalities that illegalizes them off certain trails, not physical impact, but I digress. By the time the group reassembled, oh yeah, we lost two before the descent, one to frostbite and another, another to either mud on new bike or misguidedness. At the bottom of the trail, all confessed to their own conservative ways to multiple um, thrills on the single track on the way down, big smiles, wild looks, and a contented smirk across the board. But there was no time for a nap, and this was 
And we all knew after posing for pictures on the river crossing that a long climb out of the river canyon awaited us. Added to gravity was a Velcro-like texture of mud on the way up. Personally, I stirred up a fair share of lactic acid out of my legs. That's the stuff that muscles get rid of when they, as they reawaken during this section. I guess even after a group ride, we all limp and creak along in the privacy of our homes later. A footnote. A friend called wanting to ride the next day. I agreed if the weather held and was relieved when it started raining that night. I was nonchalantly cooking a leisurely breakfast when he and another showed up in my remote section of the hills wanting to ride. Rationalizing that working up a good sweat would probably cure my cold, I did the same ride all over again. Happy trails. So much fun. So much fun. Are we together now? We're back. All right. Good. Yeah, that winter riding, something else. <laughs> and, and that whole thing about loading your tires up with mud on the climb and then the descent. <laughs> it, the, your tire flies around, and yeah, it splatters mud, but you're going downhill so fast that you're hitting the mud from your tires in your face as you go down. Yeah, be sure to keep your mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything, everything. <laughs> yeah. So, do you? Oh, you're gonna. Wh where Where are you thinking of riding when you meet your friend with a bike like yours? Ooh, that's a good question. The bikes that we just got can kind of handle anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're. I'm personally seeking maybe a, a little more technical descending and climbing, um, pushing my own comfort zone a bit. Um, but you can kind of just take them anywhere, these mountain bikes specifically. Yeah. I'm excited to go ride at Round Mountain, which is also a really great space to uh, – the trails are great this time of year. And, like, through the sure. winter, it's it's a place that you can ride pretty much year-round. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Where do you compete for triathlons? Um, the last one I did was in Santa Cruz, California. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was uh, September last year. Something I wanted to ask you uh, that I thought about earlier is, are there some groups that are specifically geared toward uh, connecting and helping each other find places to ride and, in, you know, increase their abilities just through fellowship, through organizations that way? Mm -hmm. Do you belong to some or um, do you know of some in the county? A couple weeks ago, I was able to take a women's mountain bike clinic, which um, was through Wybonk, and there was about 45 women, and all the, co the coaches were women and um, really strong racers or, or long-term riders who are just very skilled um, on a mountain bike, and that was um, – that was a really awesome experience of skill building and uh, building community and um, getting to ride some of our local trails. Yeah. So that was very cool. That happens every November at TDS Ranch through it's through Wybonk. Yeah, I okay. was I was disappointed we couldn't get you on the air last month before that happened, so that we could maybe get some folks to connect with it. But next year, how about a person contact Wybonk? That's Y B O N C. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, how would you get in touch with them? If, if you were listening to this show and said, wow, I'd like to get in on that, the, 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 all the ladies getting together to ride? 
Um, right. Well, we'll we'll check with Kurt. Who knows? <laughs> Kurt yeah. probably I would knows. look them up on on the website. That's for the right. mountain bike yeah. clinic specifically. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other group rides. There's a star ride that happens. Oh, that's right. I, I believe yeah. they have a Facebook page. I, I think um, I still have a. That's a good way to look them up. I still have okay. a yeah. flyer from mm-hmm. yeah. Great, yeah, there you go. great fun. Yes, we had uh, earlier on. We had uh, Carrie came on. Um, and she talked about and turned me on to a group of, uh, I think it was gravel riding, and you'd have a very seasoned woman take along a kind of a neophyte biker who hadn't had much experience, and they'd pair up. And then I read the commentaries from the, the cyclists who didn't have much experience. It, it just made my heart just get all warm and gushy because they're saying, I never could have made it, but but my... My person just kept me going, and she told me how well I was doing and stuff. And to have people reach that place where you your confidence has grown so much, you feel better about yourself in so many different ways. And, and that's what I really love about that kind of a program where you take someone under your wing and, and bring them along and help them out. And it just really, that's what we should all be doing. Star, Star, by the way, stands for Single Track Action Riders, and you can find them on Facebook, I think, at S-T-A-R. And you can connect that way and find out. I think they're still meeting, like, monthly or something. And then they have uh, different rides based on uh, your particular level of skill. So something to look into, for sure. And so um, I'd like to know, like, what is a frequent thing that people come in to uh, bring into the bike shop, uh, whether it's damaged or asking about tubeless tires or uh, all of that. Um, They come into you. You've got a cross-section of Nevada County bicycle riders that come in, of course, and people that are excited about getting a new bike for Christmas, for instance, or maybe someone who gave up riding, but they heard something about e-bikes, and they felt like, I think I could do that. I just need a little extra help on the hills. And so you have all these folks coming in that represent Nevada County bike people. Um, so what do you encounter often from, you know, from the customers, I guess? We see a pretty wide range of, of people and abilities and interests that come in. So it's really awesome to be able to work with them and support them uh, based off of what kind of riding they want to do. Um, we do see a lot of people come in who are interested in e-bikes, um, some people who are older or just want to be able to keep up with their kids or um, want to be able to spend all day pushing big miles in the mountains. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of the interest in e-biking that I see. And um, a lot of the attitude around that is like, whatever gets you out there, whatever gets you out in the mountains riding and um, puts a smile on your face, you know? So we do see a lot of that in interest in e-bikes. Um, what else? This summer I got to, um, people bring their bikes in and we'll, we'll, do a full tune, tune up on them, make sure the wheels are true and they're shifting and, and braking properly and that everything's like lubricated properly and their bikes are just in good working order so people have a safe, fun experience on them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I will also, I was in there not too long ago and uh, I was told 
that when you oil your chain, don't do that too often, actually. Mm. And uh, I got mild reprimand from person who works at UBET. <laughs> no, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. <laughs> so funny. He said, well, you know, you probably don't need this much on your chain. And that's counterintuitive for me. Mm. But truly, <laughs> I guess it attracts grit and things like that. So you want to keep it mildly lubed but not gooped up. Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? That's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, I often see a lot of bikes that are either over or under. Their chains are over or under lubed. Um, the way that I like to approach it is every time before I go and ride my bike, I'll clean my chain um, and either make sure it's lubed or at the end of a ride, I will clean the chain, lubricate it, and before I go to take the bike out again, I'll, I'll clean the excess um, lubrication off of it, and then it's in good working order. That's a good plan. Yeah, and it's kind of soaked into it'll, all of yeah, the, the links. Right, the, right the links. Mm -hmm. yeah. Find the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought up an interesting point, you know, about getting people interested and in, in reigniting their love of something that was important to them in their lives. And there's a company in England called Switch Bike, and it's a conversion so if you've got, you know, an, an older mountain bike that you paid a lot of money for, but you're not riding anymore, you can contact this company and give them the dimensions of your wheels and the size and all that. And they can make up a little package and you get a battery that's anywhere from what looks to be a pound and a half to maybe five pounds that fastens onto your bike. The front wheel comes off, you get one with a little motor and a controller that attaches to your handlebar. And I'm thinking that probably with a three to five pound battery, you probably aren't going to get more than about maybe eight miles out of it before it runs out. I don't know. But what a great way to rekindle interest, having something that you can climb hills with that maybe you didn't want to any hadn't tried in a long time or just got out of the habit of getting your bike out, you know. So here's something that, if you've already made the investment, here's something that, another way that you can spend a little money to soup up what you have already and get you back on the road. So it's, it, it sounds like a pretty intriguing thing. I don't necessarily need one. I don't work for the company at all. I'm only mentioning it because it's the only website that I've seen that actually does that. There may be others. I haven't done enough research to, to have that for you, but it's simply called Switch Bike. And it's, uh, it's spelled S-W-Y-T-C-H bike. And uh, that's, that's the link. If you're, if you're interested, look them up. Yeah, and um, the thrill of bicycling is just amazing. I know there's probably a lot of people who rode bikes as kids when they were younger. And then the idea of getting up and getting on a bike and balancing and you could fall and you're a little bit older so you're afraid of hurting yourself. And all of that... I, there's there's got to be a way that you can get back to that thrill that you used to have when you used to go out with your friends, maybe riding bikes, and you'd be out doing crazy stuff out there, and then you come back home and tell your parents, yeah, you just rode around the block, and you probably <laughs> went a lot further than that, further than the block. But there's something. I mean, the three of us in here, we, we love biking, we love bicycles, we hang out with people who love bicycling. There's something about it, to me that changes the how we move across the earth in our human bodies. We walk, 
we run. You used to be a runner, right? Or maybe you still are. Every well, it's part of the Every triathlon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I lived in Egypt, I got to do the bike part. Two other people, someone else did swimming, someone else did running, so whew, I was off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something that happens I- in your body because you're balancing, you're focusing on brakes, shifting, things like that. So you're kind of almost forced to be in the moment at the time. Um, but there are plenty of places people could get on their bikes, get them out of the garage, pump up the tires, see if it needs oiled or anything like that. And just as the song that started the show says, get out on the bike, um, there's something about it that's transformative. And it is for me anyway. I can go on a very short ride and come back with the same amount of uh, endorphins that I did on the 30-miler uh, ride. There's something that happens with your yourself and your body. And for me, I know that you're you're literally riding on air. You know, like you are in a car. It's harder. Car is big and mechanical and very heavy. But on your bike, every everything. If you were walking, you'd be stepping over that rock, then over there, and put this foot here, and then you put that foot there. To me, that's kind of gawky and awkward. When I feel like like I have a a fishtail when I'm on my bike, and it's just going over the ground and whatever happens to come up, just go over it and through it, and you're just cruising along. And it's somewhat close to flying. I think a lot of humans like, oh, if I could fly like that bird up there, that would be so wonderful. To me, it gets about as close as we're going to get, I think, you know, to gliding, to just moving along and those long downhills. And, wow, there's just nothing like it. But probably to a person... I, I, I'm trying to interest people who remember that they really liked biking, but for some reason maybe they had a family and a job and everything else and, and uh, kind of put it on a back burner or put the bike in the garage uh, just to get out there and take little simple rides around and see how it feels to have that wind blowing through your hair under your helmet, of course. Um, it's just uh, transformative. I And I can... I'm, I'm looking at Madison. She's transformed. I don't have to convince her at all. <laughs> well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Between Gears on KVMR-FM Nevada City, and we're uh, speaking with Madison Rusin, who, who joining us today. She works at, uh, or works at, at uh, Ubet Bike, which is one of our underwriters for this program here in Nevada City, and she does maintenance and repairs and repairs a lot of flats, I imagine. <laughs> A lot of flats. <laughs> yeah. A lot of tubeless conversions. People like their, their tires set up tubeless. Right. Oh, yeah. That's really popular now. And and some people even keep the inner tubes in their tubeless tires because they've had such many years of experience with the tube will save you. Well, a few people I've talked to have done that anyway. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Another uh, bicycle, uh, if, you're, if, you, if you're thinking of getting into bicycles... There's a uh, website that I want to direct you to that gives people information on e-bike purchasing. And there's a number of videos that I was, there are YouTube videos about just questions and answers about the different types of electric bikes and the different classes and what speeds they're rated at and a number of complicated things that, that you need to know. And if you're interested in e-bike, boy, do your research. There is a number of 
different types of e-electric bicycles and a lot of places. So anyway, the, the website is uh, peopleforbikes.org. And it's, uh, as I mentioned, information on e-bike purchase and different styles and what you can expect for what you, what you want. That sounds like a great uh, – let give that out again because there's a lot of people with this on their minds about e-bikes – well, and it's it's just simple, simply peopleforbikes.org, and uh, they have um, this link that connects you to you know, to the videos, and then once you go through the first video, you can go to the next choice, and there's a half a dozen different ones that you can choose, and you know, it's some of them are really specific, others are kind of about different trails or different people or different stories, kind of like what you read. So it's kind of like a you know a more comprehensive website than maybe most people need, but you know information is so important. You know if you're thinking about making an investment, you know the bicycle that I ride has just gone through a, a real incredible <laughs> change in their marketing because when COVID occurred, in fact you probably experienced this at UBET as well, the supply chain was so stopped up that all the orders that were placed ahead of the shutdown ended up in containers in various places all over. Once the supply chain caught up, suddenly all these bicycle companies now have more bicycles than they can store. So they're literally looking for ways to liquidate their inventory and kind of get back to ground zero. So there's some incredible bargains on the market if you're interested in an e-bike now. Do your research. I know there's a couple of uh, e-bike stores. We have one in Penn Valley that, that has a number of, of different models and varieties. Um, you bet has some. I think even Tour Nevada City probably sells a few selected yeah, models as well. But there's a lot out there. So do your research, find out what you want, you know, know what kind of riding you're going to do. If you're, you know, like me, if you want to drive a, ride a fat tire bike with, you know, room for several milk crates on the front and the back, and you can haul all kinds of groceries and things and go to B and C and buy all your parts list for a job you're doing or whatever it is, you know, there's different ways. And so it's just, uh, you know, education is really important and do your homework, I guess. Yeah, Michael, your bike is very functional. I mean, you, you get by several days of, of doing different jobs all over the county without even getting in your car. You just hop on the e-bike and you have storage areas and uh, it's fun to see you out there. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I, I really, you know, I mean, now that I've had one and ridden it for a long time, now, now I'm seeing the advantage of having rear suspension you know that's that's kind of the next step i think for me but you know my bike was as much as i could afford to get in the market it was under two thousand dollars at the time i bought it you know now it's like half that but there's a lot out there to choose from and uh and as i said just kind of do your homework and and find out what you need and and try it a lot of different models i know there's some places where you can actually ride them and you can rent them and uh you know so you can you can kind of find out become a little more educated as to what you really want there's a website called ebikesmart.org and they have a uh 
a newsletter called Bike Bits, and you can that's that's also at adventurecycling.org. Another another link where you can get information about e-bikes and where to ride and stuff like that. And also, I wanted to talk about a book. There's a, a company called uh, Foghorn Outdoors, and they have all kinds of hiking books and biking books, and uh, they have Easy Biking in Northern California, which is the one that I just picked up recently used. And uh, you can go to their website, Foghorn Outdoors, look up Easy Biking, and it's a comprehensive uh, collection of rides all over Northern California. And uh, I'm having fun thinking about all the places I might take my bike and ride somewhere out of town. Think about riding with your kids, you know, getting out there and riding them, find a safe place to ride and a flat place somewhere in Nevada County and uh, or wherever you live. And uh, pick out a route that you feel is really safe, maybe one where no cars tend to go or very, very few. And uh, get the kids on the bikes, too. You'll have a you'll have a really good time together. Christmas time is coming. There's nothing like finding a bike under the tree. But that reminds me of a program that uh, you may know about, Madison. I know I've gone to the Vets Hall. I, I can't remember sometime before Christmas. And just seems like 100 people are in there building bikes that are going to be found on Christmas morning by various families out there in Nevada County. Do you know any more details on that? I believe that's through Seven Hills. It's the bicycle recycle program. Okay. Yeah, and people will donate, and then local mechanics or bicycle enthusiasts will help build the bikes and get uh, kids on bikes who need them or want them. And... Right. And I, I think some of the I, – I don't know where the bikes always come from. Sometimes they come from the bike shops, but I know that even with my limited mechanical skills on a bike, I was able to help out, you know, and it feels so good. You're putting this bike together, and you know – that a child's going to wake up and have a bike under the tree, and then they'll be tuned in to us once a month, I'm sure, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, you'll just have fun out there and ride and glide and flow and go. and Yeah, so that's coming up. Um, I'm not quite sure the date yet. I guess they could call a local, maybe, who would they call? Seven Hills, maybe. Seven Hills, yeah, okay. the bicycle recycle program. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to reconnect with Ben Preston and, and uh, get some of the girls in that, that run are in his program, his, his with I think it's fourth and fifth graders that, that work on the bikes over there. Sixth, seventh, though, it's a middle school. Yeah, and it's yeah. a great way to, in fact, that's something else. If you if you have a bicycle that's it's reached a point where and it's not going to be an easy restoration for you, consider just giving it to the kids at the school and they'll find a great use for it and and recycle those parts and make something new out of what they've got and it's a great great program we had a great time talking to the girls that work there and last time i talked to ben he said there they can use some more bikes to work on there too so i used to volunteer in that program for a while and i learned so much from those kids i mean i know i was there i was supposed to be the helper who knew everything but no way it was so much fun to have them team up and they learned skills other than just riding a bike it was all about uh can i borrow that wrench for a minute here well just i won't let let me finish tightening and then they're connected with each other and they start bonding over rather than arguing over things it was just a wonderful thing to take part in really nice Another thing I wanted to mention about the bike that I ride is that it, it folds up. It's portable. It breaks in half, 
and then the bars fold down and it's it's a hefty bike so it's not an easy lift to get it in your in the back of your car but uh, you can carry it around in a in a SUV or a station wagon or even probably put it in the trunk of the car you know if you have two people to help you lift them in you can get a couple in that way and that was one of the features that I liked when I initially thought about about buying an e-bike that was one of the things I thought would be really important and and it's served well you know I didn't have to invest in a bike rack to haul it around so uh what do you think about the uh, what goes on between bikes and cars on our roads here on our roads anywhere actually but yeah i'm really big on safety i i uh you know i now have a flashing strobe and the bike that i bought is equipped with a headlight and a taillight um i also wear a reflective vest always when i'm out late or even at dusk um i think having a mirror on your bike is one of the most important things that you can get because if you know who's behind you, you can keep your eye on the distance that they're going to give you. <clears throat> and I found that uh, very often, you know, I, I pretty much can judge what's behind me, what I'm going to get when they come by, whether they're going to be just the three feet or whether they're going to give me a little extra and maybe even cross over that yellow line slightly to give me some more room. And for those of you who drive around a lot, this time of year, there are so many pine needles on the shoulders right now. It's it's very slippery to drive to ride in that shoulder. It's not there's not a lot of bike lanes in Nevada County. There's there's some. There needs to be more, and I'm sure there will be in the future. But at this point, all those shoulders are full of hazards. You got to cooperate with, between the drivers and the riders. I mean, we're all wanting to go someplace. Maybe not the same place, but the idea is we all want to get there and go to the place that we're planning on being. And so we, we, we have to interact with each other and cooperate with one another, and everybody gives everybody else room. There's a, a law, state law, uh, that you have to be three feet from the farthest right in your car, which probably is a rearview mirror, and the bicyclists themselves. <clears throat> and sometimes it's just a matter of remembering that it's real easy to speed up when you're driving, but it's also really easy to slow down and just tap on that brake until you're, you're seeing some bicyclists up ahead you're sharing the road with and make it safe for everybody so you can get around them without an oncoming car and then there comes too big of a squish on the road. There's not enough room for everybody. So, yeah, just kind of take a few deep breaths and uh, say, hey, there's some riders up there. Wow, look at the vest on that guy. It's blinding me. i got to get my sunglasses on. Um, yeah, so bright clothes, they say, are, are, is more of a help than flashing lights. But I, have, I went into the bike shop and said, I want your brightest taillight you've got. And every time I end a ride, I recharge it again. And it's always going when I'm on the road. Um, but the whole idea really is you're sharing the road. Look at those crazy guys on their bike. Don't they know it's too cold to be out on a bike? Those are your people. Those are your friends. They're out there, you know, on their bikes, going somewhere, doing something, and enjoying it. And, uh, you know, all of us who ride bikes, we drive cars too. So um, just sometimes there can be people in a, in a big hurry, and it, it, I don't know, it, it gets a little like 
um, scary out there sometimes. So we're all looking for some cooperation in the idea that we're all in this together. We're just getting there a different way. KVMR FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino Placerville. You're listening to Between Gears here on KVMR. And uh, we're here monthly at uh, on Monday evenings. It'll be every fourth Monday from now on. That's going to be our new time frame. And what what was the email address we were given? I think it's betweengears at kvmr.org. Exactly. All small letters, betweengears at kvmr.org. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we're, we're really interested in, uh, you know, we're still kind of finding our way here. It's really great having Madison here today to speak to the issues that, that come up as a repair person, <laughs> the things that are seen mostly in shops where repairs are what happens, you know, at, at bike shops and what, what goes wrong with, with bicycles. So it's great having Maddie here to, to share that. But uh, betweengears.org or dot or the betweengears at kvmr.org. Yeah. And uh, if you have suggestions or comments, please uh, offer them that way. Send it to us via email and uh, help us find some directions here to go in the future. Yeah, and maybe I ought to take this time to uh, thank our couple of underwriters we have for this program. Thanks to Mao Paint and Glass, supplying Nevada County with paint, stains, and supplies since 1949, offering custom color matching and a full-service glass shop for residential and commercial projects, MaoPaintAndGlass.com. And thanks for support for KVMR's Future of Radio Project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. And once again, I'd like to thank You Bet Bicycles uh, sales and service right here in Nevada City on Cyril's Avenue. They're at 530-264-7447. And I think they have a website and a Facebook page too, right, Maddie? Correct, You Bet Bikes. Yeah. You bet right. bicycles. We have an Instagram that's more popular than Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have an Instagram. See, I'm another technology behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Madison, one other thing about going out and riding, because we, we love to go out there. I mean, that's the whole thing. We go out there on the bikes. Um, what about, uh, what should a person, how do you deal with staying in touch? What if you crashed on your bike and you needed help? You couldn't ride back let's say. And by the way, I don't know if this is common to you, but if you've been around people that get in a crash or you've been in one yourself, personally, the first thing I check is the bike because am I going to be able to ride home after mm -hmm. this crash? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that's very important. But things do happen. There are flat tires. There are times when you might, uh, you know, fall down or do something and you would need help. What do you suggest for people uh, to carry with them or to have or maybe set up something ahead of time with someone if I'm not back by da-da-da? Do you have any uh, thoughts about that? or? Sure. Yeah, I often, specifically for riding by yourself, uh, which is something I do often, um, I like to make sure I have my phone on me or that a friend or family member knows 
that I'm going to be out for a certain amount of time and kind of a general idea of where I'm going. Um, there are options like GPS trackers. If you're out of service, you can you can send a text or you can somebody can track your location. Um, a couple of things, if I'm riding by myself and it's a new trail, I'll, I'll kind of um, – not push as hard. I'll just, I'll, I'll ride a little easier and just make sure I make it down and I'm having a good time, but I'm, I'm not necessarily, uh, going too crazy. Um, but it's always good to ride with friends too. And that makes the experience better. If you can get out with friends, um, why not do that? And, and it's just a matter of, um, pausing and, at, at certain places and making sure your friends are making it down the trail or they make it to the stop sign if you're road riding exactly. and just working together and making sure you're, you're getting to the same place together. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then same with having your repair kit, your, your tube and your tire pump and your tire levers and um, multi-tool, whatever you might need to um, fix basic things yeah. while you're out there if something goes wrong. My understanding is a, a GPS like Google or one of those services um, – I believe it's really easy to uh, your, uh, sh- look at your GPS and it will show your location. You'll be a little blue dot or a red dot or something like that. And if you hit it, it will show you your longitude and latitude. And then you can send that to somebody because it's not relying on cell phones. It's re- I think it's relying on satellites more. So that's one thing. In fact, it's fun to practice next time you take a walk. Uh, open up your GPS and take a look and hit it and see if it marks that spot where you are because uh, that might be your key to uh, getting back and uh, making contact with uh, people, other people, when you're out by yourself or something like that. Yeah, you don't want to be completely isolated in cell phone coverage. We live in a foothill community and some of us know certain spots where we can make a connection and a lot of spots where we would not be able to contact anybody via the phone. So um, it's a good thing to know, mm-hmm. I think, to practice with that little GPS. I'll button. even leave a note if I don't have if I don't have access to a GPS or a phone or something like that. I'll I'll leave a note in my car or on my kitchen counter. Oh, yeah. Nobody's home. Hey, I'm uh, I'm going out this way and I will be home around three o'clock. Yeah. Good thing. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. You know, all these things are really handy. You know, and and it's it's important to uh, to make sure that you're that you're covered if you're planning an adventure and you're getting off road and maybe uh, trying out a new trail. Definitely share it with somebody else that that's like minded. I know that uh, Hap and several of the broadcasters here at KVMR spend a lot of time out together riding in different places, and they even post their trails on. Strava. There we go. Been using Strava um, for that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it works for me. So far, it's yeah. done a good job. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask you, Maddie, if um, working at You Bet, have you guys worked on uh, – I know you post a lot of things on Facebook. Are you posting favorite trails or easy places to ride and are you grading them in terms of how difficult they might be and you know something that i intended to look at today and haven't so mm-hmm. share it with us i think the best way to find routes through us is probably looking at the you bet strava that's an easy reference and um you bet will uh post routes that are local and accessible um, to 
most riders. Um, that's a really good way to do that. Or you can come into the shop and talk to us and give us an idea of what you're interested in riding, and we can go from there and, and give you some direction from there. Well, I never thought about that, U uh, the UBAT Strava. Yeah, that's the best way to do huh. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not too long ago, four or five years ago, I went into uh, a bike shop and I said, hey, I want to buy a book that has all our local trails on it. They said, go to, they had a GPS program called Trailwise or Trailways. Probably or, Trail Forks. And I was so, I wanted to have a little thing I could look at at home <laughs> and figure it all sure. out. But yeah, mostly it's done in a digital fashion Correct. these days, yeah, I think. No, and Strava is. is only one of many. I just kind of got used to using it, and that's what I use, S-T-R-A-V-A. -A. It's free, and uh, it'll tell you how far you've gone, how much climbing you've done, and things like that, and it will actually make a map of the trail. Uh, you know what's fun to do is if you've done if you've done a program that shows you your trail where you've been, you can actually make a trail that looks good on a map, like two double things, like big giant bicycle. You know, well, well let's loop over here, and if we cross <laughs> here, we come around. Sometimes it'll look like a, uh, a paramecium or something mm -hmm. like that. It's just kind of a kick, like, wow, that's where I took my body on this two-wheeled thing, and it went up and over here. The other day, I was, I was going to actually go on a ride with a friend, and it would have been my first time I've put a bike on a car to go someplace in a long time and I couldn't find her house because I'm so used to finding it on a bike you take all these little shortcuts and trails <laughs> and the manzanita drop and then over here turn left over that and in the car I just kind of froze for a minute I said okay got to figure this out I think I have to find <laughs> yeah you know, yeah, one yeah. of the things that I've noticed riding an e-bike is that I have something in common with there's not a lot of e-bikes on the highway yet. And every time I see one or I'm close enough that we can talk, I find that I have really great instant connections with that person. And I often share my different right, routes getting from Grass Valley to Nevada City on the least traveled road so that you're not up against cars and and it's just a great way to make a connection. So for anybody who rides, network, meet somebody that's riding, and you have common interests, you already think alike, and you share the same love. So make that connection. Another one, uh, one of my neighbors, <clears throat> I believe, let's see if he's, he's probably 90 now. Uh, he's out there every day on his bike up on Cement Hill Road. And what I've learned from him is he waves to the cars as they come by, and you'll get to the point eventually, well, they wave first when they see you coming. And it's so cool because, Michael, that's another connection that needs to be made between the driver and the biker. Just so, yeah, we're both on the road together. How you doing? And they're probably going, man, I'd not be out on a bike on a day like today, but I'm glad you're having fun. But that little simple wave of recognition to one another, it can make all the difference in the world. It really, really can. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Madison Rusin, thank you so much for coming in, you know, and sharing your insight into the wonderful world of bicycles and your uh, your experiences working on them and the perspective of being the repair person at the <laughs> UBS is great. And thank the guys for underwriting our show and thank you for coming in tonight. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I can talk to... about this for hours. Seriously, we could keep going. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's it's amazing. The the thrill, the excitement, yeah. the mm. and even the crashes. To tell you the truth, I've come back from a few, and uh, I find parts of myself that I didn't know before. That can you know, it's it's uh, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Get out on the bike. <laughs> Michael, when do we come back? I still don't know our new schedule. Is oh, it every? Oh, yeah, it's the uh, the fourth, the fourth Monday. So we'll be back on. Uh, oh my God, Christmas! The fourth Monday is Christmas Day. <laughs> okay, well we'll figure something. Out. Yeah, we'll talk about all the about the new bike you got. <laughs> Maybe Madison could bring her new bike in. Yeah. Show off. Christmas came early. That would be fun. All right. Thanks, everyone.